So, Reed, it was the uh, Met Gala, was it not? Uh, I heard I heard something about that, yeah. What did you think when, when you heard it was... Did you know what the theme was? Do you ever, like, look that up or care? I feel like I used to when I was writing more, like, newsy content. Um, but now I just let it, like, wash over me, you know? Like an absolutely brutal wave on social media. <laughs> just like a nine-foot nine overhead just, like, just crashing down on me. Yeah, I just felt like this year was especially dystopian. Uh, and I guess I didn't realize that the gilded glamour was meant to be the gilded age. Like that, like to those of you in the audience, that period in the late 1800s uh, marked by incredible, uh, you know, an incredible wealth gap and uh, one that we have just now surpassed. So. It's a new Gilded Age. Uh, yeah, no, Gilded Age it, uh, spawned populism, silver standard, income tax, um, anti, uh, antitrust laws, legislation. Um, but yeah, so that was the theme they were playing with, which was fun. Um, maybe because HBO has a, has a show about it. I don't even know. I was like, I couldn't figure out like what that was like. This is a fucking weird thing to choose uh, this year in particular. Yes, and marked by some disappointing, uh, a disappointing decision leaked by the Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I, this is a closed podcast. It's not, I guess, not a decision. It's a draft of a, an opinion. But, uh, but yeah, it was like it, it, it buttressed it in a, like a particularly dystopian way. You know, it was like, it was a, yeah, like a fucking apocalyptic bookend to uh, a weird night. Welcome to Blowout. Unfortunately, today, our good friend David is not here, but I am Albert Muskies. And who else do we have here? We have the great Reed Nelson. Reed, how are you? Doing well today. My captain. My fearless leader. Guide <laughs> yeah. us into this abyss. <laughs> yeah, I cracked open some big cans of worms here, and, and um, I'm already uh, already a little anxious about it. Don't be. I've pawned off all responsibility on you. Uh, I take absolutely zero accountability for what happens from here on out. This, for whatever it's worth, uh, this mm-hmm. is on Albert, everyone, um, even what I say. So, so I feel like you should be able to lower, lower your anxiety levels now. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Cool. So, okay. So the theme was gilded, gilded glamour. Uh, taking place on the night that some terrible, terrible things happened to our country. Um, these people were dressing up as sort of land barons or, or I don't know, uh, slaughterhouse owners. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> like literal robber barons. I mean, no one was fucking doing it, but yeah, no, it's like they, they were, they were dressing like people who were the uh, villains in Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. Um, wow. Great. Uh, the jungle ref. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Shouts out Upton Sinclair. If you're listening, was there anything that re- that like really hit for you at the, at the Met Gala this year? Were there any fits that you felt like were cool that you liked? Evan mock got one off. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, he looked like he did the theme. He did the thing. 
And I feel like Taylor Okada style, like, like I, mean, I don't know, yeah. like he, he looked like, I mean, he looked truly like it was like true, like it was a weird thing to sort of like behold, like with the frilly collar and shit. But it like, it looked gilded. I don't know. He looked like the fanciest puppet in Pinocchio's shop, you know, a Geppetto <laughs> yeah, shop. You go. Like, but I feel, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I have such a loose grasp of what what this was supposed to be i think you know taylor okata is so cool and like that that i and evan mock is always always doing something um so i'll give it i'll give it <laughs> it was a look that stuck with me that's for sure i don't feel like there was anything that i that i took away as being like my favorite um i, I riz ahmed is getting some some heat for his for his fit, which was done by the forest designs guy uh, in the picture. I said, he's very much looks like the, uh, the mom I threw up meme, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the child standing at the threshold of his parents room. <laughs> I, I feel like whoever coached him on the stance though, didn't help. He looked so surprised to be there. Just like, so not only do we have on the payroll, a stylist, we also have a stance coach. Is that right? Reed? I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you figure like someone's taught him how to stand on. I think there's like he's got like very like specific foot placement, but like you said, it's like it looks like he's kind of like rocking back and forth, being like, "I just did something I shouldn't know." <laughs> well, so he said that it was a tribute to the immigrant workers that made the Gilded Age possible. Uh, but I thought it was more of a tribute to the Orlando Blooms that made the Pirates of the Caribbean possible, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> <laughs> fair assessment i mean i like that he actually like went that way with it instead of yeah. like th to be totally honest there was like a decided lack of coattails mm, um i was expecting yeah. some like super like just absurd maybe some monocles um mm. like i don't know if anyone ever fucking wore a monocle in history and maybe people did and i just didn't see the photos but like i was hoping <laughs> for a monocle um, yeah or opera glasses you know yeah that'd be sick see like these are the things that i feel like like i felt like this was like an interesting accessory opportunity some like truly silly hats with like way too much fucking structure i would have gone as a gaggle of street urchins and i would have like i don't know a newsie? Like in, yeah a newsie basically but i would have tried to like dress as several newsies at once i think they're more impactful on <laughs> mass like in one trench coat like you and a few people or just <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 me yeah some some way to to conjure that jack harlow was like looking like a rabbi to me um which is cool go off uh <laughs> and uh i don't know is jack harlow jewish do you know that reed absolutely no idea i don't uh, know he's passing um mm -hmm. i wasn't a f i didn't like the i wasn't a fan of the coat like <laughs> just personally i was just like this is this is a lot of sheen did you take note of um oh shoot what's his name Formerly, formerly dating Camila Cabello. Um, oh, they broke up. Sean Mendes. Sean Sean Mendes. Yeah, they broke up. Is that how I say it? Did I say it wrong? That's Mendes. I'm Mendes? pretty sure. Yeah, I, I thought look, he, it looks like it looks like he sounds like he could go with the the <laughs> I thought he looked like uh like a like a like a baron who who like consumes the blood of his like peons, you know, of his of his uh of his workers. Very, oh, I think like, that's appropriate though. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm okay mm -hmm. with that. But like an anime version of that kind of, 
I don't like the contrasting collar situation. I mean, I like I like nothing that's going on here, to be totally clear. But uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like he could have first like he was first like he's exploiting labor as like wearing this jacket mm-hmm. um, to an absurd degree. Yeah, you could lock workers in like a factory wearing this jacket. There's so much going on with the lining. Yeah, and he like does like a flip inside out, I thought, or something. He also did like full stop, like wild ones, 1950s hair, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't think was right. I, I could be wrong. Like this is again, like I don't know the hairstyles of the Gilded Age well. Um, like I know it's not wigs, you know. Like I know we were past the wig, the wig portion of our, of our history, at this point. Um, apparently not the tuxedo t-shirt part because I feel like that was Oscar Isaac's look, but like if you just made it into a really long one, mm-hmm. like the and, foot action uh, tall tees. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Just not, not a ton, not a, not a ton of ex- exciting stuff for me this time or nothing that resonates with me personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of like the last time I liked, I have no idea if this was the point, but I did like when like the camp year, when Frank Ocean just looked like he was a camp counselor. Like he took it like summer camp. Um, I don't like, I don't know if that's what it was, but it just like, he was wearing like an anorak. Um, Mm. But yeah, I can't remember like the last one where I was like, Oh yeah, that was super sick. They like Harry Styles, like for a second was like, Oh, that was fun. Yeah. When he was sheer as fuck. But yeah. It's just weird. I feel like like anybody who's in the fashion space is expected to have like a really like visceral take on the Met Gala. Like it's sort of the the thing of things. It's the main event. But like I feel like, you know, I don't really feel like there's a lot of agency happening with the people dressing for this. It feels it's the work of like stylists and big designers trying to get shit out there. Is that is that correct? Reed? Yeah. I mean, well, you, you pay to be you, you buy a table and then you put the people at your table in the in right. the clothes but yeah i mean i think and i think it's like also a little bit hard to i think that's why like everyone's always like on there like did they get their assignment shit because mm-hmm. it's like i think it's hard to to sort of judge otherwise because the context is just like so sort of out of whack in the sense where it's like intentionally costuming and on on a theme or fucking off theme i guess if you didn't do the homework uh the assignment but like in that regard, it's just sort of like, did they get it or did they not? Because otherwise, like when you say costume in context, like especially like the world that we occupy, like that's that's not good, right? Like you don't want to be looking like a fucking coal miner, like from 1873 wearing your, you know, like whatever Levi's like LVC shit. Like mm-hmm. you want to be able to work it in. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if the point is costume, it also is sort of hard to like judge it outside of like, well, did they wear a costume? Well, Reed, I totally agree with you. I think that as we're about to discuss after a short break, costumey apparel in our niche is not only cringe, sometimes it's kind of historically, well, in fact, incredibly historically insensitive and inappropriate. And we'll try and figure out if this next piece has any place in you know, the modern zeitgeist at all. We live in a fast-paced world. Sometimes, you just need to slow down and stop. Heddles Plus, the noon membership program of exclusive content, giveaways, discounts, 
and a community chat forum. Try a month free with the code extra blowout. And we're back. We're talking about safari shirts. Uh, David, uh, who is not with us, who's currently gallivanting around California. Um, I appreciate that you clarified that he was like still existentially with us. So he sent us this J crew safari shirt that sold out. Um, and it just makes me, I think it begs the question, what is the place for the safari shirt in the modern world? Um, if you're having trouble visualizing what that is, um, this J crew one is a particular instance, but this, this safari shirt dates back to, you know, England's colonial era. It was worn in India and their colonies in Africa. And like, as the name suggests, was worn on safaris and just is, has a really profoundly strong connection to colonialism and all the negative things that implies um, made in like lightweight khaki twills. Typically, um, it was sort of the de facto uniform of the white people that controlled those colonies. And uh, unsurprisingly, that makes it sort of a strange piece to cling to. Uh, but we see it kind of every summer revived in some some form or another um, in its most egregious form. It has a belt at the waist. It usually has four pockets, two on the chest, two below the belt area. Um, so, you know, in many, for those who were born in a, in a certain era, like myself, uh, just think about the bad guy in Jumanji Van Pelt, uh, played by Jonathan Hyde. He wears one the entire fucking movie. It's his jacket. That's the safari. Yeah. Jacket. Definitely connotes an aura of evil, <laughs> right? There's a sinister energy there. Um, so it's based on the Norfolk jacket, which is a, an English jacket. And just, you know, as the English were wont to do, cut into a lighter cotton material for colonial use. Um, so, yeah, this J. Crew one, if you want to talk about it, it's kind of wild. It's kind of like color blocked pastels. And they are just straight up calling it a safari shirt, which um, is kind of on the nose. Like they're not even really. They're, they clearly are not squeamish about that name and what that implies. And I mean, I guess it does look like friendlier in color block pastels, but it's still got, I, I just, I just feel like, I don't know why we can't let this one go. Like it's one of my least favorite silhouettes in menswear. Like, yeah. Canon. I, like, I, I can't stress that enough. <clears throat> I do feel like if you're going to make this shirt though, like you can't really like, what do you, are you going to call it like a belted four pocket? You know, like, like you can't, like, I don't really know. Like this is a safari jacket, like, or safari shirt. Like this is mm -hmm. like, this is the, the thing that it is. Um, and I feel like you could go worse, I guess. Right. Like, mm -hmm. like you could call it like the brutal colonial, like colonist uniform or some shit. Like you could be like, yeah, yeah. You know, get this jacket. But no, it's like it's a weird thing to have sold out. I mean, I've got some conspiracy conspiracy theories that we can get into um, if we want. As to don't just as to what happened with this yeah. one. No, I want to. I, I was I was going to allow for it to go for a little little farther on this one. Okay. Yeah. But uh, allow allow for the the like the notion that people actually liked it because my conspiracy theories do not involve that. I see. Okay, so for the for for now, we'll assume that it was bought by human beings that wanted to wear it um, until yeah. Reed proves otherwise. 
But like I do. So I was sent. There's this company, Onaya, that sent me like some nice linen shirts. And then they sent me a linen shirt that was a green linen. I think they call it like a linen denim or something. I, I linked to it. And it's on Mr. Porter right now as well. Green linen overshirt, they call it. But it's essentially the same thing. I just feel like what makes it a safari shirt is that you have like bellows pockets, top and bottom, uh, a button flap, and then kind of like that beveled. uh, It's like the beveled flap. Instead of like, you know, kind of a more pragmatic square cut army flap you might see on like a bdu for example or like a flapless pocket like you'd see in a chore coat it's like these small details that read to me this is a colonial implement you know so like what is there a way to make this like to make this work because i feel like when i see this i'm like i just want to seam rip off those pockets on the bottom or something or like you know First off, the fact that the belt isn't what offends you is absolutely mind-boggling <laughs> to me. Like, why are we belting our jacket? Like, this jacket in particular. It's not like it's, like, a super long one that you're worried about, like, blowing open. It's like there's buttons. Like, just can button your jacket. Like, because it, like, ends up giving this... I don't know. There was this, like, certain era of... And I'm probably, like, gonna light myself on fire. But, like, I feel like there's, like, a certain era here. I feel like that it, like that I saw this on dudes when they were like in like the heavy, like hashtag menswear era mm-hmm. when they would be like, wear like suit separates, but dress it down with a safari jacket or like a safari style oh, jacket. Yeah. And it would be like, it would be yeah. like a way to like style a summer suit, but like it was still styled uh-huh. with like probably like a linen dress shirt and maybe a tie, but also maybe not, but it was like supposed to connote this like laid back attitude, but it's like your pants are tailored to the millimeter, my guy. And, Mm -hmm. and it was like, they would always be like, yeah, like if it's a more laid back function. And like, I feel like that's every time I see someone in a safari jacket, like I just immediately am transported back to like just some garbage, some like some shit where people are using dapper unironically, like just like fucking saying like, you know, just like trying to like, yeah, like grind that sort of sartorial sense into folks being like, yeah, like there's no reason you have to wear sweatpants to be casual. You can wear suit stuff. And it's like, I don't know, man, I don't want to wear fucking double monks to like uh, brunch on a Saturday. I don't know if I want to go to brunch, but I definitely don't want to do it in double monks. The safari jacket and some like tailored linen pants with a weird belt function. Yeah, yeah, this is I think. But like that's like historically, right? Like all of that, ta- a lot of that tailoring is based in like English tradition and like sartoria, and that like traditionally when English clothing got casual, it was for tropical locations, which were their colonies. Like that's where that's where menswear like relaxed, right? Like, which is not a good thing. And like that's I just I it makes me think about our discussion about camouflage with Charles and. And like how I was kind of feeling like there are patterns of camouflage that you can wear and there are patterns that you want to avoid. But then like kind of the gist of it was like, this is all for like inflicting harm and violence and it's all tied with like other kinds of violence. So why am I trying to pick and choose and like make it work when it's just, it might just be not something I should really work into the rotation. Yeah, it is like, I feel like it is like one of those things that if you have an issue there like it's it's weird to treat it like a buffet 
you know, being like, you know, it's like, I like that. I don't like that. Um, like I'll, I'll draw my line here. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, it's like, there's probably like some contradictions in the way, like I don't have any camo shit period. Uh, not, I just like, it's not like I don't, I don't really have like any particular stand against. I just like, it's never been something that fascinated me, but I do have like Baker pants and like the M 65 cargos or whatever those are. No, like, yeah, I think you're right. Like I, I am picking and choosing by, by wearing those things, the, the OG one Oh sevens or the M 65s, which are an, an instrument of like our nation's kind of negative impact on other parts of the world. But because it's not like a particularly loud pattern, it kind of like melts into the background. So I guess it's like hard to pick and choose, but this just feels like not only is it kind of questionable, but like the belt, the everything, it's like, how am I going to apply this to life? I, I'm completely on board. I mean, I think it's like one of those things that either you consider these things when you're purchasing your stuff or you don't. And I don't think that like, honestly, at this point, I'm not going to like assume someone who's wearing like, that's an insane. I truly think that's an insane thing to do is like assume someone wearing a safari jacket that they bought at J crew is into like, like just like a call it a sympathizer or some shit, no, you know, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. colonial England empire. It's like, I, I genuinely think that's like an insane thing to infer from someone wearing a pastel colored safari jacket. And I think it's like probably just the fact that people don't read into the reference points as deeply, you know, like I'd be willing to bet that most people who bought the MA one, like the Alpha Industries joint from Urban Outfitters, had no idea that that thing was worn in cockpits. You know, like they were just like, I like the jacket I see on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that like, I don't think a lot of people consider probably where a lot of these things came from when, when they're purchasing it. And it's like our goal, I know for sure it heddles to, to provide some context and information on those things and allow folks to make their decisions. Um, but I do think that it is like a little out of bounds on like from our, like personally, like this is not retweets, not equal or whatever. Like personally, I think that like, it is a little out of bounds to assume folks that aren't adhering to those things who, who might be wearing like an offensive camo or a safari mm -hmm. jacket are like going to be inherently sympathetic to those things. Like might be a little defensive if you call them out and like that might look good, but like honestly you might be too it's like maybe they live 40 minutes away from home and don't have another jacket like you're fucked but like i i do think that like for me the thing that is so fascinating about a safari jacket is it's just like you see the one guy look good in it every like 400 wears and it's like good is by the way incredibly subjective and he's like usually like posing with a coffee a newspaper and a cell phone outside a really nice car on a cobblestone street like somehow in action and you're like all right, like, fine. It was like tailored to your like shit. This works. But like, for the most part, it's just like a terrible garment to me. Again, for yeah. folks out there who love safari jackets, like rock on. I don't know how you deal with the belt. That's like your own fucking <laughs> demon to conquer. But like, demon to yeah, conquer. I guess <laughs> I, I just sort of like when I see this, like I was like, so like, this is where my conspiracy gets in. I was like, they didn't produce this fucking thing. Oh. Like, I was like, this was like a lookbook joint that they had like a full size run that they put online that got traction for one reason or another and sold like nine units. Like that was like the thing in my head that I first thought. And I was like, this wasn't actually a thing. And so, but you know, I could be wrong. They could come over the top and be like, stop this. This is bullshit. Like, again, this is a opinion. Do not come after me. But I was like, there's no way they did like a full, like tippy sweater run of this. Like there wasn't like 4,000 of these kicking around to sell through. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's sort of my my thought on the the safari jacket. Like, I just think that like if you're looking for a lightweight jacket, like past like its offensive past, a chore coat is always going to be better for me, like to me. Totally. And like if you're actually trying to be casual about shit, like you're not throwing those vibes with a safari coat. I promise you. Like, regardless of what you think, you're not giving off those vibes to your, like, the people you're around if you're wearing a safari coat. And I just feel like it's like if that's so, like, you know, if you want to, like, live somewhere between a blazer and the fuck ever I do, then, like, maybe that is your thing. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. I always feel like it is not doing what it's like an Inigo Montoya jacket. Like, you know, like, I don't know if you know what that's doing situation. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense that it's like a, it's just like a conversation piece for the site. Uh, yeah, that would be really funny, though, if you like stepped out of your apartment later today and just every person you ran into in New York had a, had a color fucking box. pink safari. Yo, by the way, they might be selling it at the J. Crew like flagship in Brooklyn, like right by me. I could go walk in. Probably. And research. I just haven't. But no, yeah, it's like it's the thing that I feel like an overeager like. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's like one of those things that a significant other makes someone buy at the store being like, you look so good in that, you know, like you should definitely buy that. Wow. And like, dump wear it them. With nothing. Dump them. it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like the thing, like my entire theory about skinny pants. It was just like everyone sized down four sizes in, yeah. that, in that realm. No, it's just like, you know, like, it's just like, I think that's where those things sell if they do really sell, you know, and, and for the folks that are rocking double monks in quote-unquote casual situations and it's like yo man i've got an entire world of footwear to show you (laughs) um so are you blaming the uh proliferation of skinny jeans on significant others uh getting in the way no i think i think it just kept getting skinnier and then the overton window went bananas and like and then all of a sudden we had shit that was made out of lycra that was just like printed denim like i like that's I, i think at least for like the hetero straight like that's like sort of like where I'm getting at. Like, I think that like, you know, like everything else is like styles fluctuate styles go in and out. Like it is what it is. Like, you know, like sort of as like far the, as far as the waves, I don't mean like that in a bad way. It's just like, I feel like those things totally go back and forth, but like, I feel like there was all of a sudden a period where everyone I knew in college who wore big ass pants mm-hmm. shrunk it down. And there was like a common through line. Like this is, by the way, not forensic research. This is all anecdotal, but it was just like, and as someone who worked at a store where it was like, I remember J crew went from being like, so they had the four, eight, four, the seven something. And then like the 10 something. And it was like, every dude went from the 10, like the one that was like, probably now considered like sort of like a slim straight, but, or like just a straight maybe. And like by the end of it, if they were like shopping, like for like to update the wardrobe, like the 484 was going to be on them asses, like in every fabric, in every fucking makeup. And then J. Crew started putting stretch in them, which made them even like, you know, like tighter, I feel like in a lot of ways. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's like once, but it is one of those things where once you get used to a silhouette, like whatever that happens to be, like once your head starts wrapping itself around it, probably the same thing happened with you with flared or like, you know, like bootcut jeans mm-hmm. or like whatever you want to mm-hmm. call them like where once you start getting accustomed to seeing that on yourself and like realizing like how you want to work it in you know and by the way that was the same time where adidas started making shoes that were specifically designed to be worn with skinny pants you know like where it was like they were taking that into account they were designing them for joggers and like the nmd would just be like this like one solid sock that flowed into a leg 
And I feel like those were super popping at that point. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like there was a lot of things. Like, I think Kanye had something to do with it. I think a lot of things had things to do with it. But I do think that, like, just the fact that once people started accepting it, it was like the skinnier and skinnier part, I feel like, is on them. But just the introduction where it was like, you know, like, it's like, and I feel like that's the safari jacket. You look nice in that. And there's no shame, by the way. Where Where would folks you care about think you look nice in if that's what you're trying to do? Yeah, I guess, you know, it's, I think that, something's something's past doesn't necessarily make the person wearing it like a bad person for choosing it but i think we we as the we as knowledgeable people are just trying to spread information so that when you buy something you make the most informed decision possible and know that something that you wear may have unintended you know vibes that you didn't necessarily want to bring to the table and by the way uh if you are listening to this podcast right now and own a safari jacket uh Apologies, because we definitely just fucked that ignorance part up pretty badly because you've made it this far. Uh, and now that one is a f- for sure on you because you understand. <laughs> so I think we're going to take a slight break here and we are going to return and maybe do some uh, r- copyrighted Reed Nelson bargain hunting on the sales section of some sites. <laughs> Be right back. Blowout. We're warming up the end clothing site, which is having a mid-season sale. And the first thing that greets our eyes when we go to the homepage is Adidas X Eminem's Forum Low 84s. And this is not Eminem the rapper, this is Eminem the candy, to be clear. So read respeculating which of the Eminems uh <laughs> brought this deal to the table. Now I see it and it looks like they all had a hand in it. So yeah. I imagine they have to work uh, as a collective. This is this is like one of those things before we get into the sale thing like this. I'm just getting off my chest in a public forum because that's like the best way to do these things. Probably, you know, like in a place where people can continuously reference and call you on your bullshit yes. um, instead of just like on a phone call like a normal human. <laughs> but this is getting at something that I was talking about this weekend with a friend of mine um, where I was like, why do we need to like call out that we like snack food and like shit like. Like, when did, like, <laughs> like, and, like, fuck it, I'll name, like, the fucking, like, Kith Captain Crunch merch, I remember when it came out at one point, where oh, it was just, yeah. like, at what point did it be, like, yo, man, I love my cereal so fucking much as an adult with spending power that I need to blast it on my shore. Or, by the way, I love this so much when I was a kid. It's, like, it is the least interesting, unique thing about any person on planet Earth that they like fucking cereal. Like, it's one of the most accessible food items on you could possibly imagine. You can eat it anytime, like... One of the things that you can always have in your cabinet, you always have milk, like cereal is the least interesting thing about a human being you could ever fucking imagine. Just like liking M&Ms. It's like, yo, man, I'm a big M&M head. It's like you and everyone who's ever been to a fucking movie. Like, <laughs> it's a good candy. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? And now for some reason, you got to declare it on your feet. Like, honestly, I'd be more interested if someone was like, hate M&Ms on their shoes. Like, this is an anti-M&M collab. Like, fucking come at me, dude. I do not like Frosted Flakes. Tony the Tiger can get fucking stomped on. You know, like, that would be, like, those are fighting words. I love Frosted Flakes. Again, these aren't my words. But I just think it is absolutely insane that we have to, like, go around being like, yo, man, I love Coca-Cola so much, I bought a towel. It's like, man, if you get a free promo shirt from Coke, tight. But, like, you don't need to go get a collaboration shirt from, you know, it's like, you get M&M merch, like rock on. If you want to go to the M&M store, like, and get like 42 colors, like 
that's on you because they're not in great spots of town. Like not, they're like, you're not going to get hurt. You're just going to like be stuck in a line for anything, like just crossing the street. But like, yeah, is this thing where it's like, yo man, I need four M84 lows with the <laughs> brown M&M on them or the red M&M on them. Because it's like, it's like, dude, just like, what are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I, yeah, no one's going to fight you for your M&M collab merch, but they might fight you for your anti M&M collab merch. And that's cool. So right, take yeah, a fight, start like, a, be bold. You start know, a like, conversation. <laughs> and like for people out there who say like you know like Supreme's been doing this for years, it's like yeah, Supreme for sure put out a fucking Shrek tee last year, and like that like very cool. You were into a movie that did like billions of dollars worldwide as a franchise, very unique, very interesting. But like no one was asking for like the Morton Salt shit when they logo flipped that. You know, like that was weird enough. Like they had they did their time. You know, now it's just like. Like, and by the way, I don't think you were saying you liked Morton Salt when you were rocking that thing. It was just like, oh yeah, you recognize the logo. But like, you know, it was playing on something. Now it's just like, I just feel like we're just, we're calling out the most obvious shit on planet Earth. It's like, oh, you like the Yankees? Weird. It's like, yeah, like we all like the Yankees in New York. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, but now like, but now we do that with candy. Like, what are, like, again, what are we doing? So Reed, what is the candy? What is the candy collab? That would you would be like that's hard like that like like unpopular opinion you're like like you fuck with X candy oh this is oh, fun yo like, I don't like the taste of these candies but like right off the bat I was like if you just did a Neko's like run of just like pastel shit and just did a subtle branding on the tongue like fine like I don't know I feel oh, like Neko's could probably use the boost right and that's yeah. like from like nineteen like ten like I feel like grandparents like Neko's. Mm-hmm. But no, like, honestly, I wouldn't think it was like, I would just be like, oh, that's kind of sick that Neko's is like, uh, like thirsty enough to do, <laughs> to say yes to a collab, like tight someone, they got, like, they got a young person in there, but like, no, I don't, I genuinely don't know what makes sense. What about like, kind of like a high end, like Toblerone collab, like some tasteful <laughs> shit. <laughs> Ma- mass chocolate times Telesin. Like... <laughs> Dude, I don't like, I don't, I genuinely don't like, cause like my whole thing with collabs and it's like, I'm not like, I guess inherently, I just feel like it should be like most people do. They should be additive. Like you shouldn't just like be like a no frills attached. And it's like Adidas could just make M&M colored shoes without asking them. You don't need to put a fucking like embroidered M&M thing on the bottom. It just, it's like, it just reeks of like late stage capitalism, just consumerist, like on we bullshit i don't even know like it's like one of those like it's like again what are we doing <laughs> what are these okay. costs like there's a <laughs> raffle no i like there's a raffle like that means that there's a, these are expected to be collector's items which like they might be because a lot of people fucking like it at m&ms which i guess good job to adidas for doing this but like man for anyone okay. who's still with us let's do I'm some gonna, sale shit i'm yeah i'm gonna call it there let's do what we probably told the people we do trojan horse my rant in there <laughs> so okay we're in the end sale section tons of good stuff how are you how are you starting to 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 pick this apart and get in there i'll click around if i see anything in there that i like i'm like oh that reminds me i should i should dive in to see what we're doing mm-hmm. currently uh not in the market for any any gorpy shit so uh love you and wander mm-hmm. but we're out mm-hmm. Bodhi has just fascinated me 
because uh, I saw Bodie. Because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like, what do we got? I don't think I'm in the market for any Bodie. Um, so I go to the left side. This is all incredibly fascinating, I'm sure. I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. 4S is cool. And then I basically just start creating the shop that I'd want to go shop at from okay. a, a clothing. I think they carry like a thousand brands or some shit. So you're um, going like you're, you're filtering brand by brand uh, what you want to see in there. Yeah, like I. I know it's like probably somewhat limiting as far as what I'm like, what I'm actually getting to see. Right. Like this isn't going to be a discovery process for the most part. But I do try to leave that to stores like end is one of those stores that I feel like you kind of got to shop with a plan. Yeah, it's so big, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just massive. I don't know. Like a thousand brands is probably wrong, but like they, I mean, for sure they have like a couple hundred and, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of pieces on sale. And um, if you're looking for discovery, like I've got plenty of sites that that you can take a look at that are sort of like breaking brands and doing like working really hard to try to bring on new stuff that one day might end up in end um, mm-hmm. or do have things over there. But yeah, I like, I, I try to sort of go through and I, I flip through anything that catches my eye. So like in this current run, I just put on 4s adding Barena Cause I always add Barena mm-hmm. um, beams plus can't add. You can never add beams plus on end. There's too many fucking skews. I just if did that. It's beam, totally fucked it up. <laughs> if you're going to look at beams, you got to look at beams on its own. Like just treat yeah. it like a shop in shop. So there's a few brands also, like if you know, there's going to be a thick buy, like our legacy beams for uh, us might be like that uh, to an extent. Um, any of the big ones, like ones that, you know, fucking stone Island or something like that. If you're looking for mm-hmm. it, like just treat those like a shop in shop because you'll have like 65 things to look through anyway. But I always just try to make sure that I'm comparing the things that I'm looking at up against stuff that I know I'm into. Cause that way uh, I'm hoping I'm not going to make any rash impulsive decisions just because there's like a little red thing next to the black thing. Tell me I'm saving some money. Uh, Cause that's always a nice little, like it's like a little teaser, you know, you're like, Ooh, Ooh, that's tantalizing. Um, but yeah, so I'll just usually go through and add and then, and then that point you're just like, I, I usually clear all at some point and just start over. Like, I don't, I don't believe it's a running list here. But yeah, I try to stick like Gramichi right now for folks looking for some just like good hikers this year. Some outdoor mm. pants. Oh, that's me. I'm that I'm that person. Gramichi ends Gramichi's sale section is fuck. It's, it's incredible. They have like 160 products. Speaking of a shopping shop, because they also do collabs like a store like end has a lot of exclusives as well. So it's like those tend to be overproduced um, in a lot of situations. So it's like, see which ones that you're like, you know, which depending on what shop you're at, like essence always has um, a ton of exclusives depending on brand, like and brands you like, or at least I like, you know, the classics needles, our legacy. They always do like some sort of exclusive. Mr. Porter does the same thing, but yeah, I try to basically create like shop in shops. Like if I were going to shop, if I were going to merchandise this store, what area would I hang out in? Got it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the beam stuff. It's just so much good, so much good stuff. It's great. Really good stuff. I mean, they buy into it like literally hundreds of SKUs. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just like feeling my my. I mean, this is going to sound crazy. I mean, either of us saying this and I know we would would sound crazy because there's so much stuff, but just it's feeling stale, you know, Reed, like I feel like I want new stuff and I don't know what 
what that would be, what would satisfy this, this, uh, unending yearning inside me. So I really do love beams. I don't, I think it's looking good to you because it's looking like a lot of the stuff you got in the wardrobe. Yeah. I'd steer away from that. Like, I feel oh, like, you're, yeah. I, I feel like you're like, you'll find cooler shit vintage wise or not cooler, but like same type stuff. And you'll just be like disappointed. I feel like, cause it's like, mm-hmm. I love beams cause I'm not going to be searching vintage. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not fucking going through racks or I don't know if you're in the binge yet. That's mm-hmm. some like next level. No, I haven't like, descended into that pure, kind of chaos. <laughs> yeah. That's some fucking like pure Colombian vintage shopping right there. Uncut. Mm-hmm. But no, but like, I think, yeah, if I were you, I'd start, I'd start putting some stuff aside. Like the card ads are weird because then you just keep getting blown up with emails being like your cart's empty. And then it's just like, you start resenting the shit and it's like, I think mm-hmm. you're just resenting modern day marketing, but <laughs> it's like, I'm always like, oh, I fucking know I got something in there. It's going to stay in there until you guys give me 30% off or more. Um, <laughs> but I do like, I do wish list stuff, but I also think for whatever it's worth, it's healthy. Like for sale season, like if you think it's approaching, like fill that fucking card up because like mm-hmm. once it goes and you think things are going to be snatched up and you're like actually been prepping for it. And like, that's your goal. You're like, yo, I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff and you want the stuff, like put yourself in the best position to get that stuff. But I do think it's healthy. Like when I'm shopping myself, usually like, unless I'm going for like in person, like unless I'm going for a specific thing, I usually have a 24 hour rule where it's like, and I live in New York. So I got the luxury of doing this. I can just go take the subway and go back to the same store. But it's like, if I mm-hmm. see something that I like, especially if it's full price, um, and I try it on and I'm like, I need this. I'm like, let's wait till tomorrow. Um, because like if it's eating a hole in me and being like, yo, I need to go back and get this, then like I should go back and get it. But like also like it cuts out like a lot of that impulse shit. And yeah. I feel like if you like something a bunch, like, right. If you love something, let it free, like that whole bullshit. But it's like true. Like if you're like on essence and you're perusing around and you're in a shopping mood at like 1am or whatever tonight, you're going to be putting a bunch of shit in there. And it's like, you don't really need to just like clock it in your head, open a bunch of tabs and then close them out, whatever. And it's like, if you're constantly going back to that fucking thing, put it in your cart. But if you just like, aren't thinking about it again, then like you would have for sure regretted it, not worn it. Yeah. And like less than 24 hours, like when you're still in the neighborhood of the shop that you saw it in, if it can still be thinking, you can still be thinking about it in that like hour, hour and a half. And it's still not enough time. Cause you, you got to get still the fuck out on yourself. Yeah. I, I did you that. Gotta get the fuck out of days ago. Yeah. Well, Wait, you, you copped within an hour and a half. No, I did. I did a, ret- I like a second visit to a store. I was at the PA store, you know, P A A PA. And, uh, yeah, they had some like white jeans that were kind of cool. And I like saw them, walked away, came back, tried them on. And they just, they didn't really, they didn't do it for me. That was the one where it, 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 it eliminated itself, but you know, give it time. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, tried on a pair of beach pants from Capitol. Just like some, some pretty wide boys with like a weird fucking closure, mm-hmm. um, like a typewritery cloth, and uh, I was like, I fucking love these. And then uh, it was driving me crazy, and I started when I like at like four p.m. when I was not in the store. I was like, fuck, I hope these don't sell. And I was like, I'll go back tomorrow. I want them. There you go. Well, if. You've learned some lessons about sales shopping and hopefully you can apply them and peruse at your leisure. Um, if you want uh, to look at some other 
great vetted brands. We always have uh, great stuff at the Heddle Shop, uh, including new jewelry uh, from Bloodstone, uh, a restock of Stan Ray, as well as a new limited pant. And uh, feel free to take 24 hours to think about it. We have pretty small runs, so I can't guarantee it'll stick around. But we we love for you to to get something that you feel good about, and you don't you don't you don't ever regret or want to return or anything. And size charts are there. You'll you'll be set. And to be clear on that uh, 24 hour, that's not for like replacement shit. Like if you're just like buying a pair, like a second pair of the Labrador pants, like <laughs> this is a shameless sales pitch, but like you fucking know that you want a second pair. Like you've thought about those. Like that's not that situation. That's like, oh, I don't have these things. Like I just want to clarify. Just caught blindly from the heddle shop. Never mind. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, I don't have that information. So maybe we'll splice in David's voice saying that. Reed, do you know what it is? This is mine. Yeah. What is it? This is mine. It's blowout at heddles.com. There you go. Beautifully said. I think that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.